This is America's Webradio.com, the best in chat radio designed just for you. You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. Good morning and welcome to America's Web Radio. And that little sound that you heard before is turning on the encoder so we can record all of this. Uh, we've got a very good show today coming from Atlanta, Georgia, and we're bringing in Gulfport, Mississippi, Mr. John Hans and his museum, Broken Wrench. we got Steve Ronaldo here, and uh, Steve's going to be directing the uh, questions and uh Jim Weber is in New York. He won't be joining us today, but uh, we got the man of, of all men in the automobile <laughs> yeah, industry, right. Mr. AC, AACA, and Judge, and this, that, and the other. Steve, glad to have you here this morning. Yeah, well, it's always fun to, to you know, we get a chance now that the, the car show season and tour season is finally over with. It'll be... I tell you what, yeah. it would be tough trying to go on tours right now, particularly up the, uh, I, I was hearing on the news today, uh, you know, the, the East Coast is going to be getting more snow, it's uh, the cold, and it's uh, it's early, but it's it's coming it's on. global warming. Global warming, that's it, it. Absolutely. That's right under the shade of Al Gore's belly, but <laughs> anyway. <laughs> that's for sure. Anyway, John, we're glad to have you, and um, we're going to be talking about the... Uh, uh, Broken Wrench Museum in Gulfport. I, I, I got to say, one of the most interesting things that you told me yesterday about your museum, John, is the fact that it's free. And I don't know that we've interviewed anybody. That, no, uh, I don't think so. Uh, has, has a museum that's free. So, how are you doing this morning, John? I'm doing wonderful. Can I make one correction? Sure, you can make two. Well, <laughs> no, I only need to make one. It's not... It's not the broken wrench, it's the busted wrench. Busted wrench. Busted oh, I'm wrench. sorry. Busted wrench. Well, it makes, makes a big difference if you're trying to look it up online. If somebody wanted to look it up and see our see our store, see what we're all about, it's the busted wrench busted in Gulfport, Mississippi. I'm going to be putting it up on our uh, monitor very shortly, so... Uh, uh, I've got it written out in front of me. I just it's uh, I've only drunk about a half a cup of coffee, so I'm really not in the in the go mode yet. Well, well I'm on my second cup of tea, so I'm 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 wide awake and ready for any questions you guys can field to me. Well, well, John, let me let me, <coughs> excuse me, Miss Steve, and, I, and I'm going to be asking you uh, uh, just talking to you about your museum. The name is interesting. How how did you come up with that name? Well, we were, uh, when I say we, I, I speak of that figuratively, uh, and a lot of times I'm talking about myself, but uh, uh, I feel like I'm two or three personalities. I've got a lot of energy, and and I always say we, but uh, uh, I, I was sitting there one day, and uh, I do have a partner in my building, and uh, I was going to open up a checking account for it, and we had some other uh, business that we had to tend to some other legal matters and we had to come up with a name and I was sitting there holding a, a craftsman combination wrench that was actually broken and and uh, I just said hey how about the busted wrench <laughs> and the name kind of stuck and uh, so our logo has a, a busted wrench on it and 
that's how we came. That's how I came about with it. That's kind of a kind of an interesting thing. Do you have any any particular? I don't know theme like uh, we've talked to some people that you know they have pack they they specialize in packards or they specialize in cars made in their own home state or whatever. Do you have a a particular theme that you sort of you know we're about this? Not really. I I personally am into muscle cars and I like European cars. I, I like sports cars. I have uh, four Porsches. I've got four Corvettes. I've got Triumphs, MGs. Um, uh, MGs is, is that the is that the TD, John? Or do what, sir? Uh, on the MG, is that the TD? Or uh, and by the way, Steve has an MG. No, actually, I have an MGB GT that has the V8 in it, the uh, the Rover V8. Okay. Yeah, I. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say one of my favorite cars amongst all the the Porsches, the Corvettes, the Jaguars. My favorite car is just a, a lowly little Spitfire that I've had forever, and I love driving it. It, it's, it brings back the um, the reason that we used to drive back in the days of how much fun it was with no power steering, no power brakes, no nothing. I don't even think I even have a radio in my Spitfire because I just like to listen to the exhaust sound and I just it's just one of my favorite cars yeah my first job out of college was tech and training for British Leyland here at the Atlanta region uh, when they were uh, when they had a southern region and MG and Jag Rover Triumph were still still in existence and I've had uh, British cars forever I've got a TD that I've had for about 40 years and uh, I, but I've owned twenty different bees. I've had a Spitfire. Um, uh, I've had all kinds of British cars. Matter of fact, I'm I'm getting another MGB ready to run again now for myself. A '65, an early pull handle one. Those bees were just wow. They introduced so many people into the sports car world. Yes, and there there was always the big question, especially for midget owners: Can you do it in a midget? And I'm never sure what they meant. It was. <laughs> I you know I think they, I think they meant could you fit in one? <laughs> oh, that was probably true. That was probably the question. Uh, but that's interesting. I was uh, on my way to uh, uh, Vietnam in in '68. Um, uh, we spent a few weeks at Biloxi, right down the road from you, at at at, at uh, Combat, Force yeah, combat communication school, and I, I and I don't know if you were around back then doing stuff or where are you located in in uh, Gulfport? Uh, I'm at uh, 2311 29th Street, which is one block off of the Highway 49, which is the main highway that runs right through uh, downtown Gulfport. So you're not you're not far. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a beautiful area down there. And it, how did how's the uh, the uh, casino business and stuff doing after the the big hurricane and all the mess in your area? Well, Katrina pretty much wiped uh, wiped a lot of the people. Uh, I should say wiped a lot of the homes that caused a lot of people to move, and it was a very very devastating hurricane. Uh, the home that I'm living in now is on the beach, and it was uh, 100% totally destroyed. There was nothing left. 
I came back and couldn't find. Uh, I found two boards from the house, and wow. uh, those were some interior boards that I was able to take to a mill shop over in Mobile and have them actually replicate the uh, the pattern. Um, and I built my house back exactly the way it was, board for board, uh, painted it the same color, even went out and found basically the same antiques. The only thing I couldn't uh, replace was an art collection that I had started when I was about 12. And uh, I was, uh, and I had family heirlooms, uh, sure. things like that. My my great great grandfather was an artist, and uh, I had some of his original stuff and lost all of that. I, I've been through hurricanes all my life. Went through Camille down here. My father and I rode out Hurricane Betsy on our forty foot sailboat. Uh, that was a very interesting story in itself. But. I never, ever expected to come home and find nothing here. And uh, it was just like, it looked literally looked like a war zone. But yeah. the coast is coming back. Um, not as many homes on the beach as there used to be. A lot of the people have moved north of I-10, which is about uh, four miles up from from the beach. And a lot of people have moved there, and a lot of the lots are still vacant. But but it is coming back. Um, the casinos are only one part of the Mississippi Gulf Coast. We have so many things down here to offer people. Uh, they just started a new, they just opened up a big new uh, maritime museum. Uh, we have a wonderful children's museum called the Lynn Meadows Discovery Center. Uh, we have uh, uh, the beautiful sand beaches. My my good friend uh, Louis Grimetta, they own the island. They own the boat that goes to Ship Island. So we have a lot of things to offer people. Plus the fact that we're only an hour drive from New Orleans, we don't have to put up with the New Orleans traffic. But if you want to visit, it's just a quick quick hour drive there. We're an hour from Mobile. Uh, Mobile offers a lot of history. They have a lot of things going there. So. The people here on the coast, we love the coast. Um, it, it's, it's starting to come back and do well after nine years of uh, uh, sheer devastation. Sure, I had a good friend that had a huge car collection in in, in Metairie that just lost, like you, lost everything during mm-hmm. the hurricane. Uh, some irreplaceable cars that you never will see again. But but anyway, so how did you get involved in the, in, in the car hobby? Well, when I was a, a younger man, and I say younger, back in my thirties, I had uh, uh, I had a Triumph dealership in uh, in Baton Rouge that I just basically finagled out of Triumph because I went around and bought up four or five different dealerships as Triumph was winding down. I bought their parts and uh, uh, ended up calling Triumph and just said, "Look, I've got all these parts sitting here, and I'd be a perfect candidate for a Triumph dealership." This was in the early 70s and uh, pretty soon they started shipping me uh, motorcycles and uh, so I had a, uh, uh, I ended up with a Triumph dealership and then in, I moved up to Natchez, Mississippi and I started a motorcycle shop there and then uh, I've just always been in the hobby uh, ever since I was uh, 14 years old my first motorcycle didn't even have an engine in it and I would talk my sister into pulling me around town with a rope tied to my motorcycle so I could ride it. And um, 
and then uh, uh, I, had, I took off for uh, 11 years on a sailboat that I had bought, uh, a pretty good-sized boat, restored it, and took off. And when I got back this time, I, uh, uh, in 93, I decided it was time to start collecting cars again. And I uh, just started collecting cars, buying the cars that I loved and cars that I couldn't afford when I was younger. That's pretty cool. I'm going to ask you a question. I I think I met you back in the in the old days, the late British Leyland days. Did you did you know a guy named uh, Frank Kerr? Where was he out of? He was a, he was a, he was a rep. He was he was a he was a, a Leyland uh, service rep in that area, and I remember that there was a guy down there that had a bunch of parts, and we went down and bought some stuff from a guy that had a bunch of British car parts that had some dealerships that that had a, had a dealership or had several that went away when they left in 80. Very possibly could have been. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm, when you told me your story, I said, well, boy, I bet that's the same guy that we went to, guy can't, you know, years ago and bought a truckload of uh, British stuff, mostly Lucas stuff, because Lucas stuff never breaks. I just had it to resell. You know, there's <laughs> Lucas stuff doesn't break. Absolutely, out. absolutely. I, I'm just trying to get the gas gauge to work on this MGB. Uh, now that's one of the last little little projects that that I'm on. So yeah, it's cool to hear British car guys. There's there's not there was not a lot of us. We were sort of considered the outlaws back then, sort of on the the outs of this the, this hobby. So what British cars do you have? What, what what's your what's your stable of British cars? Well, I have uh, four Jaguars. Uh, I have, uh, I don't know if any of y'all have seen the movie called The Mechanic. Yes. Jason Statham. Yeah. Well, the Jag that was in that movie is mine. They uh, they rented that from me. That movie was filmed here in Covington and New Orleans. <laughs> so oh. I have that. That's a uh, 67 Series 1 Coupe. That's a beautiful I, car. John, I, I, t- I tell you, we're we're up against a hard break. Uh, let us take a break, and then we'll finish the uh, the information on sure. on the British cars. We'll be back right after this. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about antique car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby, and have. The top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. With all the back and forth in today's politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. 
Hi, my name is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, talking to you about antique car insurance. Uh, in this hobby uh, that I've been part of for years, not all insurance companies and insurance coverage is the same. I would suggest that you call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com to find out some information about some of the best antique car insurance you can get, such as agreed value. Uh, insurance for your classic car. Again, if you're when you get ready to to uh, insure your classic classic antique or even your street ride, call J C Taylor Insurance or visit jctaylor.com. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we have John hands on from the Busted Wrench Museum in Gulfport, Mississippi, and he was telling us about his, his British car British car collection. Yeah, I like the Series One Coupe. That's a gorgeous car. Well, I just bought a Series One uh, Roadster to go along with that. A '63, one of the nicest, cleanest cars I've ever seen. It's got the outside. Outside hood catch, or is it one after the real first ones with the outside hood catches? No, this this does not have the outside hood catches, but it is one of the cleanest, nicest bodies I've ever seen. But it has one thing. Uh, it's running a Ford Cobra engine and a C4 automatic. <laughs> That's kind of weird. <laughs> well, it is, but uh, it looks exactly like I, I have another, I have a 65 Roadster sitting next to it, and you can't tell the difference until I pop the hood. John, where, where do you find your cars, and if, if a person wanted to donate a car to your museum, could they do that? Well, I find my cars all over. The 63 uh, Roadster I was just telling you about came out of Washington. Uh, I have a 67 Mark two sedan it's really nice uh very nice car uh we got rid of the two-speed automatic and had to put a 700 r4 in it to make it a more drivable car we used john's jaguar for the uh, conversion kit uh and then i have a uh, 82 uh, uh series 3 uh xj6 that i used to haul my friends around with when we jump on a car and want to head to new orleans I have a 79 Rolls-Royce. Uh, 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 th- those are just some of my British cars. And besides the Spitfire, the MGB, uh, and I have lots of British car- uh, motorcycles also. Cool. That's cool. I, you, you hit on two of my favorites. I think the Mark II is probably one of the prettiest sedans ever produced by anybody. I That car just, uh, just trips my I trigger. I agree with you on that one. Yeah, that just trips my trigger, that car. I've had a couple of them in the past. And, of course, XKs, if you don't like the way an XKE look, there's really something wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> well, Enzo said it, said it was one of the most beautiful cars he had ever seen in his life. Yeah, yeah. Do you, so you have any, uh, uh, what kind of Triumphs are you? Are you, you seem like a, a hooked on Triumphs other than the Spitfire. Is it a, a 1500 or an earlier one with the, the smaller engine? No, it's the 1500. I have the overdrive. I have. Uh, it took me uh, two years to find the twin SU intake manifold. Uh, I'm running a little header with some uh, uh, Anzo exhaust, and I don't know why I'm doing it. 
you can't make that car fast. The only way you could do it is push it off a cliff if you yeah. want to make it fast. <laughs> but it's just so much fun to drive. And when you hit that fifth gear in the overdrive, it's so nice. It settles down. And, and I drive it to and from New Orleans to the British Car Show. Uh, where the overdrive makes it really Oh Very yeah, good. overdrive. I'd, I wish my B, the one I have now, had had overdrive. I yeah. well, John, I, I I'm 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 very sorry that you don't have one of the real English cars, and and uh, I'll sort of take that in consideration. Give you some slack in that you don't have the real, the main British car like I used to have, the Austin Healey. I'm on the trail of one right now over in Mobile. There's supposed to be a cache of cars over there that uh, I'm going to go see in a couple of days, and I think they told me that there was a Healy buried up underneath there somewhere. Well, if they got two of them, let me know. <laughs> well, if they have one and I'm not interested, I'll be glad to let you know. <laughs> I had uh, one of the last um, Healy's imported, 67 uh, Austin Healy imported, and... It, it had everything was chromed under the bonnet, and it was a why I ever sold it. I'd, I, I have nightmares about selling it uh, many nights, but such is life. Um, what uh, I assume that uh, with what you're talking about, do you do most of the restoration yourself, or, or do you have a shop there within your garage that uh, you all do the restoration? I used to do all the restorations myself. Uh, I was very fortunate that I was a yacht broker, and that took about four hours a day of continuous work, and the rest of the day I was pretty much off to my own. I would forward the phone calls to my cell phone, which would allow me to go down to my shop and work on them. But I just got so many cars that after a while it just overwhelmed me, and uh the uh, best thing I ever did, I hired probably the best mechanic I've ever run across in my life, Mike McCabe. <clears throat> I hired him about six years ago to help me with the restorations, and we're slowly working through uh, through all the cars that I have. And uh, we're getting ready to start. I've got a really nice 62 MGA that we're getting ready to finish up, and uh, uh, we just finished up. Uh, I have two nine, uh, 930 turbos. One of them's a bone stock and the other one's been modified and we're finishing up the, uh, the uh, modified uh, 79930. Uh, so yeah, I have help now. I just, it's, it was too yeah, big. Yeah, it, 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 it sure can. Uh, believe me, I know it sure can. So I, from what I'm hearing, uh, you don't have trailer queens at your museum. You take them out and exercise them every now and then. People viewing the cars ask me if I ever drive them, and my standard reply is if you see an inspection sticker on it, they get driven. And right now I probably have uh, close to 22 cars that I drive on a regular basis. I, I try to drive them for a couple of days, put them up, get a different one. Uh, that's the way it should be. Um, let's get back sort of to the museum itself. Um, walk in the front door. Give us a, a verbal tour, would you? Well, you walk in the front door, and we have a little gift shop there that uh, that we started. It's the uh, only place for miles around that you can get anything automotive for your family, for birthday, whatever, just gifts, uh 
so you walk in we've got a we've got a very nice little gift shop we specialize in the automotive signs new and used uh clothing apparel hats uh keychains that type of thing and then we have a glass door that uh, uh goes into the museum and the first thing when you walk in there is you look to the left and there is a uh, 951 Porsche Turbo sitting next to it is a 64 uh, Roadster with the 365 horse engine solid lifter cam Uh, I guess the big visual when you walk in is the back end of a 70 SS 454 convertible and then it just continues on from there uh, um, uh, unfortunately, I don't have the space that I need. My showroom's about 6,000 square feet, but I do own the property to the east of me, and I can expand it, and we are looking at doing that. Or I'm trying to talk to the city of Gulfport to, I keep trying to tell them that, hey, y'all need a permanent car museum here uh, that would attract people. It would be another thing on the list of things to see when you come to Gulfport, another reason to come to Gulfport, or the Mississippi Gulf Coast. I shouldn't just say Gulfport. We encompass the whole Mississippi Gulf Coast from Bay St. Louis to uh, uh, Ocean Springs. Cool. Do you, do you in, in your cars that you have as you, as you go through, are any of them for sale, or are they just your personal collection of cars? Well, I tell people, I get asked that question a lot. Are you, uh, do you buy and sell? And I say, no, I'm a collector. Um, I buy it. I buy it. If I put in any kind of work, I don't care if it's just cleaning it up. I feel an attachment to the car, and therefore, I don't feel like I can sell it. Um, so I, I, I don't. I, uh, I do have one car that's for sale. I have the MGB GT with the V8 in it that I am going to sell and mainly because I just don't drive it anymore. I have so many other cars that I I need to drive that somehow or another that one just seems to get put aside and I just don't ever drive it so I'll be selling it. Yeah, okay. So you aren't aren't basically a buyer and a seller of stuff, which is... No, I'm a buyer and a collector. A buyer and a keeper. I know that feeling. We all, all, everybody in this has... I'm gonna I'm gonna get to that one of these days, or I'm gonna use that one of these days. We have more one of these days things, and we know what to do with. <laughs> well, what I tell people is, don't wait for one of these days. Do it now. Um, if you wait too long, one day you're gonna find yourself with a lot of regrets, and that's basically what I've done. Is is uh, uh, I'm a single guy. I don't have anything else to do except take care of my yard, my garden, my house, and then just car collection is is the next big thing it keeps me busy i'm like you guys i'm 67 years old i can still run jump and i attribute it mostly to the cars keeping me keeping me healthy keeping me busy keeping me focused well i'd let my let my partner mr weber do my running for me (laughs) so anyway in your gift shop do you have any old burt levy stuff any open road stuff no, I have none. We don't, uh, uh, we don't, for some reason or another, we've never gravitated towards NASCAR or uh, much off-road stuff at all. Uh, it's, it's probably 
maybe pretty boring to a lot of people because it's just probably middle of the road stuff. And we're trying to, we, we try to have what the customers come in and and actually want. And uh, we just don't get many people that are that are into the off road. I haven't had anybody ever ask me for any of that yet. Yeah, he, that his sports car racing stuff. That's a, a whole series. Uh, I used to see him at the track when I used to race for Leyland years ago. Uh, BS Levy and I and the BS stands for what you're thinking it does. Uh, so <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> so he's kind of a, an interesting guy. Uh, after the break, when we come back, I, one of the issues facing this hobby, and you're exactly the same age I am, and if you attend any local events. Uh, even any national events like going to Hershey. I don't know if you've ever gone up to Hershey, the big, biggest car show up there. Um, any of this other stuff is is trying to get kids involved. And I, I'm going to talk to you when we get we get back from the break. We'll take this sure quick thing. break. John, we'll be back with you in just a minute. Watchdog is a term given an organization like the United States Justice Foundation, which since 1979 has been watching out and when necessary taking the appropriate action from testifying to litigating to protect our constitutional rights. USJF, a nonprofit organization, is nationally recognized not only as a watchdog, but many in the government as well as those involved in legal cases have also called the USJF a bulldog for the tenacious approach in their presentation and proof of what is right. Find out more at www.usjf.net. Support USJF as they support you. One Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. Uh, just talking to you about anti-car insurance. I think that uh, if you're looking for the best coverage for your classic car, consider J.C. Taylor Insurance. They've been our my insurer for years in this hobby and have the top rating of every, all of the insurance companies in the hobby. When you get ready for insurance, call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com on the Internet. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back on the Classic Car Show. We've got John Hands on from the Busted Wrench Museum in Mississippi. A lot of lot of Southern uh, talent down there. John, you know, um, you'd mentioned that you might want to expand at some point. Um, where do you, What's your crystal ball look like? I, I'm not real sure exactly what the crystal ball is. I just go at it from day to day, and uh, uh, it, it, I'm, I'm trying to expand it, but I'm one person. I've never made a lot of money in my life. I'm not a rich person. Uh, I pay for all this out of my own pocket. Uh, I'm probably spending my retirement, but I really <laughs> don't care. Uh, right now, the the importance is uh, uh, trying to keep just keep the museum open, let people come in and enjoy it. And one of the things you were talking about a minute ago that I heard was children. 
Well, one of the things that we do at our museum, and I hope you don't mind me jumping the gun and going over. No, no, not at all. But but uh, I, we have an old 1970 uh, Rockola jukebox, and uh, uh, we get kids in there from age from four to. And one of the things I do is pull all the kids over and say, come here, I want to show you all this. And and I'll uh, uh, punch in a song on that jukebox and I'll open it up and let them see the mechanism and let them watch the records turn. And they pick one and they sit there with just wide-eyed amazement. And then the minute the song hits, every one of them cracks a smile. And at that point, I tell them, I said, you know that little MP3 player that you have now? And they all go, yeah. I said, well, this is what we had back in our day. And I said, I had to carry that on my back uphill both (laughs) ways. And and they all look at me like, come on, mister. And and I fess up. And and their parents are there. And 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 most of the kids have never even seen a record. And when I get them back into the museum, one of the things I like to do is explain to them or try to teach them the difference between a rear-engine car, because I have Porsches, a mid-engine cars, because we had a Boxster, and we have a beautiful Pantera in there, an 87 GT5S. And and I try to try to give them a little bit of a lesson that lasts for about five minutes on the difference between rear-engine cars, front-engine cars, and mid-engine cars. And none of them have a clue, but when they leave, they, they've gained a little bit. So okay. we try to engage the children as much as we possibly can, and uh, uh, I try to spend a lot of time with them explaining things to them about the cars. I always make sure if a child has a special interest, whether he's 14, 12, 10, or whatever, uh, try to open the door and let them sit in there. We have a World War II uh, Army Jeep, and, and I tell the parents, be sure and let your kids climb all over that Jeep. Be sure and take pictures. We lower the windshield so they can take pictures of them. And the kids just love that. So I feel I'm doing my part to engage the kids with uh, some type of, of interest that they might have. John, John, i got two questions for you. One is, uh, talking about 45 records, the, the little bitty ones with the big hole in the center, did you ever have, back in 1960, um, 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 three, two, three, four, somewhere in there, uh, I had a 45 record player in my car, and it would, you loaded it upside down, and it, and it, uh, basically played upside down. Did you ever have a, 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 a record player for your car? No, but I had friends did, and every time you'd hit a bump, it would skip. skip. Well, as being from Lubbock, Texas, we had no bumps, so it was unless we were on the turn rows. The other thing is, why did you, uh, you know, you're a businessman. Uh, The best I can figure, you're not making a lot of money when you open the door and it's free for people to come in and look at your museum. I'm not only not making any money, I'm losing money most every month. But uh, uh, I had one lady just basically come in and chew me out and tell me that I can't do this, that eventually I'm going to go broke. And I said, yes, ma'am, I might. But if I do, then I'll come up with something different. <laughs> I, I, think, I think it's uh, for the for the classic car and the car hobbyist, I think what you're doing is just outstanding. I, and I hope you've been written up in some of the magazines for what you're doing. 
Well, only some of the local magazines. Uh, uh, I go to places like Barber, <clears throat> Motorsports. I go to other car museums, and it just makes me want to come home and just burn what I have because I realize that these people are so much more advanced and have better, better and bigger car museums than I do. But at the same time, I realize that there's nobody that has anything down here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast that's open to the public. So that's that's probably what keeps me from burning everything I have. Well, now, what, we, what we need to do is in the back of the museum open up a casino. There you go. Yeah. One uh, slot machine would keep you in busy. Keep you in business. <laughs> Well, one of the one of the things that that we've been discussing, or I've been to, been knocking around in my head, is, is my museum is free. Uh, the jukebox is free. We give away probably uh, forty to fifty free magazines every month. Um, I sell Coca Colas for a quarter because I want people to to just remember the place and. Uh, uh, it's, it's just, um, I, I've just, nobody does anything for free anymore. Everywhere you go, somebody's got their hand out. And I just wanted to have a place where people could come in and uh, not cost them anything to do it. That's just, now i got to ask, uh, when, when I was growing up, my sister and I owned the Coke machine in my dad's lumberyard. And one of our tasks was that uh, we'd go in every Saturday and load that Coke machine up with the 10-ounce bottles. Is your Coke machine cans or bottles? or? Well, I have a nickel. <clears throat> I have a nickel Coke machine that has the rotary drum in it. That's what we have. It has the 6-ounce bottles. Uh, you're right, 6-ounce, not 10-ounce. I'm sorry, you're right. You're right. And uh, we would load that sucker up, and, and it had a... It, you oh yeah yeah open that well, my original up. plan was to um, was to be able to offer cokes the six ounce cokes for a nickel but then I found the cheapest I could purchase those was about 60 cents a piece <laughs> and I said I just can't lose 50 cents per drink um, or 55 cents I just can't do that um, right now I lose about 15 cents on every coke uh, but uh, uh, unfortunately, the machine I have is kind of uh, maybe a 15, 20-year-old machine, but it puts out 12-ounce cans. But I have the machine set for a quarter, which was the lowest I could possibly get it. That's that's neat. Uh, how, how is it with, uh, with traffic coming through Gulfport and, and finding you? How, say that again? Uh, Basically, how's business? Are people coming through Gulfport and, and coming, uh, knowing and finding you easily and uh, knowing how to get to your location and so forth? Well, I, I don't spend any money on advertising uh, at all. All of it is Internet or word of mouth. And uh, several years ago after, uh, after Katrina, we had a, a pretty bad oil spill here that BP caused. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, uh, the uh, tourism tourism commission found out that I was a free museum, and they're trying to build tourism. So they've given me a big plug in all of their magazines, their pamphlets that they put out in every hotel. So that's primarily where we get it. Plus, we're on the uh, 
we're on the welcome station coming in from uh, Louisiana and from Alabama. And that's probably how most people find us, that trip advisory. Uh, I've done several interviews with other, not necessarily magazines, but I've done some other interviews with various other people, and that's how people find us, mostly the Internet. (laughs) That's great, and I I think you're... uh Working the industry by opening your doors to everyone is just fantastic. Got to ask, uh, what are some of the funny stories that you've heard as as little kids are going through, and and uh, some of them their their eyes, like you were talking about with the uh, Rockola, but I would imagine some of their eyes sort of pop out when they see some of your cars. They seem to love the motorcycles a lot. Besides the cars, I, I probably have maybe. 20 or 25 motorcycles. The kids seem to love that. Um, I don't know if you know what a little tyke is. That was a plastic car that was probably produced by either Whammo or Ideal. And it was, (laughs) excuse me, it was a Fred Flintstone kind of car. You had to actually pedal it, and we have one down there. And it was, I think they sold 1.7 million of that particular model. So uh, the kids love that. Yeah, do they ever ask, uh, or, or what are some of the conversations you you might have overheard as as the kids are talking to? Uh, we we've been, by the way, promoting that this uh, auto museum is the perfect place for grandparents to take their grandkids. We get a lot of grandparents bringing their children in. And we always are happy to see them because the grandparents seem to have a lot of patience with them. They're not in a hurry. They allow the children to do, uh, sp- just spend a lot of time there with them. And I try to, I can't always greet them because I'm working on projects myself, uh, trying to get different motorcycles going, this, that. So I, I don't get to greet a lot of them, but I always make it a point to at least do you know, five, six, seven, or ten people every day. And, and we run between, uh, I don't know, on, on, on good days, we'll go up as many as 80, 80 people a day. Um, uh, right now, we're, we're in that transition period between when school started and the snowbirds come down, the traffic is, is not as much. And it gets, it gets kind of, sometimes we only have five people that show up on a day, and, you know, it's just... It's just uh, uh, just depends upon what's happening. What are your What are your hours, and what days of we're the open, week are you open? We're open from uh, uh, Monday through Friday, from eight to five, and starting next summer, we'll be open on Saturday. Okay, every day, or I mean, oh, yeah, every, every, every every day. Every day now, of course, on. Halloween, I mean, not Halloween, but Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh, that stuff, Of course, yeah. we're not open then. That stuff. Um, you know, I, I've got a lot. Of, I've been around this stuff a long time, and being on the AACA National Board, I'm going to see if I can't pull a couple strings, because being a free museum is something that, a car museum, I in all my years in this hobby, and that's a ton, I tell you, I, I grew up in this stuff. Uh, I've never heard of such a thing, and I'm going to see if I can't get a couple guys to to contact you and get 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 a get get you some 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 good press or get you some press in some of the the publications. I think it's just what you're doing is amazing. 
I've never heard of such a thing. And well, like I said, everybody, I don't care where you go, everybody has their hand out. Everybody wants some money. And it's it, down here on the Mississippi Gulf Coast, you can go to the beach for free, mm-hmm. you can go to the lighthouse for free, or you can come to the busted wrench garage. That's the only free things that they are to do down here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and people get it's it's nice to have a break where you don't have to pay anything. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it, what you're doing is just just a real uh, great idea. And on my time with the AACA National Board, my my biggest em- emphasis was getting involved in the youth program. And um, so I, I might be able to, to see if we can get you some. I'll talk to a couple of people and see if we can we can get going. Do you get involved with the big car shows like Cruising the Coast and all that stuff? Do you do that stuff? We do. We're we're involved with Cruising the Coast, and people ask me. They say, "Well, do you take your cars out during Cruising the Coast?" My standard reply is, ma'am, I cruise the coast every day. Every day, day. I know. Every I'm in day. a different car every day. So, yes, I cruise the coast. Yeah, cruising the coast has turned out to be a wonderful thing for Mississippi, particularly the Gulf Coast. It gets a lot of recognition. I think this year we had uh, people from, like, 40 states. Yeah, a couple. Some from overseas. It's a 10-day event that uh, really is a lot of fun. And particularly last year and this year, you couldn't have bought better weather. It was really nice for you guys. Was, I heard there was like 8,000 cars. Uh, they had, uh, I believe they either had six or 7,000 cars that were registered and probably had half that many that were not registered. People just showing up in their car just to cruise. For a day or a couple few hours and leave, huh? Well, some of them even came down here and stayed for a couple of days, or would come down just for the weekend and stay. Um, I, I don't have any statistics on it, but I, I know of a lot of people that just don't register, but still come down here and cruise for a couple of days. Is uh, is your museum on the itinerary? Do they all stop there, and uh, when they come and come through? We get a lot of people that stop, uh, and and we ask everybody that comes in, how did you find us? And they'll say, well, we found you on the trip advisory, or we found you on the Mississippi website, or we came through and we picked up a flyer at the uh, welcome station. Oh, okay. So I just wondered if you were an integral part of that cruise in the coast, because I know that's turned it. When that started a few years ago, they had no idea what was going to happen, and boy, has it taken off. It started 18 years ago. It started out from a very humble beginning of about 500 cars, and now it goes up to eight, ten thousand 10,000 cars. The nice thing is it lasts for that whole week, so people from out of town that can't make it for the first part can certainly come in for the last part or vice versa. John, back to your museum and, and, the, and your... Uh Working on the cars. Do you have a shop that's connected to the museum, or is it, it on on different? I is do. It I other? have a fully equipped shop. Uh, we do everything to our cars except the machine work, or actually sew the upholstery. We buy kits for the upholstery, uh, but we do everything else: engines, transmissions, rear ends, wiring, upholstery. 
you name it, we do it. Uh, we build engines, rear ends, transmissions. It, it, it doesn't matter. We do we do the full spectrum. Wow. Yeah, that guy you sound. If you've got somebody that has the ability to do all that stuff, sound like you got yourself one hell of a mechanic working with you. I do. He is is. As I said, he's probably one of the best mechanics I've ever met. Now, does he have any problem jumping back and forth between American-made and uh, English? Not only English, but German also. He just finished uh, rebuilding the uh, engine for the uh, 79930. Wow. Uh, Porsche. Uh, He can jump back and forth. uh, Mercedes, Porsche, Triumphs. Jaguars, late late models with fuel injection. Uh, we have a few uh, clients that uh, I should say they're more friends than anything else, but uh, that have some of the later model Jaguars, the uh, 2006 and fives and fours that have the Ford modular engine. It's no it's no problem for him. He's just a wonderful wonderful mechanic. Does does he work on your backs as well? Uh, no, I, I work on the motorcycles. Uh, I used to have the motorcycle shops, and I do that. But if I run into a problem, I, I ask him. But uh, for the most part, I do the motorcycles myself. Gosh, I don't, I don't know about... Well, Steve's into it, and, and he does his own thing. But uh, I could just, instead of going to the museum, I could just sit in your shop and watch for several days, I think. Uh, we have some people that try to do that, but uh, <laughs> uh, we kind of shoo them out of the shop after a while. Oh, but that's but that's where it smells right. Oh yeah, you go back in the shop. There's nothing like the smell of gasoline and oil in the morning to wake you up, get you going. It's as good as a cup of coffee. <laughs> Duval said it. He said, I, "I love the smell of napalm." Well, I like the smell of <clears throat> oil, gas, and burning tires. <laughs> yeah. Well, what? Um what else should we know about uh, the Busted Wrench? We've covered pretty much a spectrum of it. Uh, I'm not real sure that there's a whole lot left for us to uh, well, we get to say about it. It's just a small private museum that uh, that I just try to keep working with and uh, try to keep uh, putting things together and about five minutes. keeping it going. Well, by the way, uh, one last thing. Uh, you've got a boat hanging over your cars. Yes. <laughs> Why? <laughs> in case the, in case you can escape in the next next hurricane. <laughs> no, there's got to be a story behind it, doesn't there? Well, there is. Uh, those are two Chris Crafts. One's a 60 Sportsman. The other's a 64 Super Sport. Back in my younger days, when uh, back when I was in my 30s, I restored both of those boats and uh, used to use them every weekend, uh, take them out and do wooden boat shows with them, and every weekend would take them out and run the rivers with them, and then just got down to where I just didn't have time to use them anymore. The cars uh, were taking up too much time, and the boat sat in another warehouse. And then one day I said, you know, I'm tired of them sitting there. I'd like to be able to see them. So I uh, brought them over and decided that we were going to levitate them and put them up there and hang them. At least that way I could see them every day. (laughs) They're both fully operational boats, uh, 
probably the only thing you'd have to do is put a hot battery in it, clean the carburetor, and put some fuel in them, and they'd crank right up. The old Chris Craft Cruiser, right? The old, yep, those are both wood uh, wood boats. Uh, great boats, have a great sound to them. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a lot of fun to run in the rivers. When we have a lot of rivers down here, a lot of back bays, <clears throat> they're not uh, boats to take out in the open water at all. Oh, but, the, uh, my first introduction to the Chris Craft was uh, on uh, a lake, and uh, and uh, my dad rented one, and we went out, and I loved that. Guy. And like you said, it had it has such a unique, you know, just it's just unique. Period. Yeah, they 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 are great, great boats. They're a lot of fun. They sound great. Everybody loves them. Anytime that you uh, bring them out, people just love them. Well, John, we uh, we appreciate you uh, coming on and being with us on uh, the Classic Car Show. And like Steve said, he's going to pass your name on and pass on the museum and the fact. See that, if we uh, can get you some some stuff going here. Well, we any help we can get, we would appreciate it. Now, let me ask: if uh, Steve and I come down at some point, uh, can can we get free passes to get in? I will promise you I'll give you all a free pass to get in, and I'll even buy you a Coke, because a lot of times <laughs> when the people go up to the Coke machine, they're trying to put a dollar in it. It's got a change, and I'm like, oh, no, it only takes quarters. And I'll just reach in my pocket, give them a quarter, and buy them a Coke. You're a, they love it. You're a gentleman of yeah, the Yeah, and a big asset and, and a great asset to this, this hobby. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm John- trying to do my part. John, come see us in Atlanta, and thank you so much for being on the Classic Car Show today. Where would I uh, come to see you if I came to Atlanta? Because I come up there for the MIDI every year in the uh, <clears throat> in April. Sandy Springs, uh, we're just a little bit north of Atlanta, downtown Atlanta, and uh, just give me a holler. You've got, I think I gave you my number, and um, you, you can go to our website. By the way, this show will be downloaded, and it'll be archived, and you can listen to yourself uh uh, first part of next week, it'll be in our archives uh, on the on our website. So, uh, well, I have some great friends that live in uh, Sandy Springs, so I'm very familiar with it. Uh, Eloise Mills and the Mills family that own uh, that own uh, uh, William Mills Advertising, just absolutely some wonderful people. So I do get a chance to come up there. Great. I will. I will make sure I come by next time. I'll call you before I come. You got it. You got it. Thanks again for being on today. Yeah. Thanks again. Good luck. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye. Pretty interesting. Nice night. Nice man. Anyway, I have something real quick before I want to bring out before uh, we we leave for the day. Uh, here in Atlanta, the weather has gotten cold. All of a sudden, we had a big snap. I went out one morning. <clears throat> and my TPMS or tire pressure monitor system is, light was on. Uh, as you know, as it gets colder, the tire pressure decreases and it will turn turn the light on. Uh, nothing to panic or to worry about when this happens, but check your tire pressures and inflate your tires if possible at home, if you have a little tire pump or something, in the morning when it's cold and set it to the tire pressure sticker that's on the driver's door, and it'll solve that problem. I bet I had five different phone calls 
about this funny looking light is on my dashboard. What does it mean? And it's in the cold. We- it's only in the cold weather. So if that if you have a, a, a uh, an odd or peculiar light that that's on, uh, be, be sure that you 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 do check the tire pressure. There's nothing wrong anywhere, but as it gets colder, this stuff happens. But again, check your tire pressure. Inflate the tires on a cold morning to whatever the door pressure is. For example, on when my light came on, I checked it. And normal set tire pressure on my car on the sticker is 33. I had one at 29. I bumped it back up to 33 and the light went off. So uh, these kind of things happen, uh, you know, as, as the weather changes and nobody pays any attention to it. But uh, I just wanted to, to pass that on to you because it, it's a pretty timely issue right now as we get into the the cold weather and or winter season. Uh, so nothing to worry about if you do get your uh, tire pressure monitor light on. And if you have the more advanced ones, it'll even tell you which tire is low. So again, when it's cold, set the tire pressure to what's on the door inside your car first thing in the morning, if at all possible. Okay, David. Okay, well, we want to thank uh, John Hands again for being on. Uh, he was he was fantastic. Interesting and, uh, guy. <laughs> what an outlook on life. Oh, yeah. I mean, it couldn't be better. And the idea of... Um, I, I'm, I'm still working on getting over the idea of, of uh, the museum being free. Free and the Cokes are a quarter. Cokes are a quarter. <laughs> I must say, I do remember when they were six cents, and we had the peanut machine right yeah, next to the peanut Coke machine. machine. And, uh, you'd get um, you'd get a nickel's worth of peanuts and uh, a dime Coke. We char- we were we were charging a little extra there. A dime Coke, and um, put your handful of peanuts in the Coke and watch it fizz. Watch it fizz. But those were the good old days. Don't think we're going to get back to them anytime soon, unfortunately. And where's the battery go from this thing, man? <laughs> but anyway, we do appreciate you tuning in to uh, the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio. And uh, stay tuned. We've got the Food and Farm coming up, followed by America's Homegrown Veggies and the Master Gardener Hour. Brand new show with Kate Copsey on the Master Gardener Hour. So stay tuned. We'll see you next week on the Classic Car Show.